Hi everyone and welcome back to the Making Milestones podcast. I'm sorry I've kind of been in and out of posting these and that I've been kind of MIA-ish on my social media. Like I've been queuing a lot of stuff to post about but I haven't been as active because just to be honest I'm so tired and it just my heart just really hasn't been in it to the extent that it has been in the past and I'm going to be trying to post more regularly but it's it's just been difficult to muster um, the desire to do so, and I'll get into why as we go into this, but I just wanted to give that update. I ha- I've had a lot of stuff going on outside of horsey things, um, and sometimes it's just so exhausting to put on a face for social media. Not that I really try to play a role or anything for social media, but like just having the energy to post something. So when I do have the energy, I try to cue a lot of posts and schedule them for later so that it's not like I'm going AWOL, Um, but it does take a lot out of me and I've fallen super behind on my coursework in school and I have a ton of stuff that I need to catch up on and a lot of ongoing stressors, so it's just, it's been a lot. Uh, But we'll go further into that. This is going to be an episode that's mostly going to just be like a life update, talking about stressors, mental health, Um, some of the issues going on in the world today and my thoughts on them and just kind of an update uh, on my life for those of you who care to listen about that and if you don't that's totally okay listen to some of my other podcasts and you've had your warning a minute into this podcast so you don't have to waste your time listening to stuff that you're not interested in. Um, Before we get into this I do of course as always need to plug my um, my merch and well not merch but my product line and other stuff that you can do to help support my work on the podcast and in other aspects of social media. My dog Phoebe recently blew out both of her knees so she's undergone her first TPLO surgery for her worst of the two knees. Um, which is a $4,500 surgery, very expensive, and I'm hoping that maybe we can rehab the other one without surgery, but the vet so far thinks that she will need surgery, so it's going to be like $10,000 worth in surgery, not including the rehab process, so it's a huge stressor. Um, This has really not been my autumn, because my truck transmission on my 2018 truck also went in September, and that was a $6,000 fix, so I'm just getting absolutely bombarded with things and it's been a lot and obviously like my life is still very privileged worse things could be going on but it's been a lot so as it stands I'm having some big sales in my store to try to clear out products to help continue to pay off Phoebe's surgery so that I don't remain in massive debt um, between that and my truck because a lot of my money is in products as it stands So I have some big sales going on, extra 30% off all summer clearance items, so you can get some really good deals. There's 15% off all bridles right now. Both discounts are auto-applied at checkout, Uh, and I just got in some satin-lined beanies if that interests you. It keeps your hair really nice, especially if you have curly hair, but it keeps all hair static-free if you're interested in checking those out. And then there's some, like, lots of different types of bridles, some fun apparel, sweaters, base layers, riding pants, whatever you need. You can check that out at Shop Milestone Eck. That's shopmilestoneeq.com. I'll also link it down in the podcast description. You can also subscribe to my Patreon channel to access behind the scenes, training help, tutorials, Q&As, and more. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, but depending on what tier you choose, it'll um, depend on, it'll, it'll just say what benefits you get. I don't know what my words are right now. Um, 
But even for a dollar, you can join in on all of the Q&As and whatnot, and that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-d-e-q-u-u-s, s-d-equus, and I'll also put that down in the description. I also have a bunch of webinars available on my website that you can purchase for training help if you don't want to do a subscription service, and you can do that at milestoneequestrian.ca. And then Phoebe also does have a GoFundMe that was started by my mom for friends and family to donate if they so choose, or my PayPal is there as well. And no obligation to anyone uh, purchasing products or sharing and boosting my content helps as well, and I really appreciate it. And even just hearing people's kind words and their stories of their dogs and their recoveries from similar services is really nice to hear because one thing I am really grateful for is that at least this happened while she was fairly young. She's only five and she's quite a healthy dog. Um, whereas if something like this had happened when she was older, it would be a lot more severe. So I am thankful that at least if stuff has to go wrong, it's at a time where it's much more viable to help her through it and have it not be so terrible. And unfortunately for her, the reason why we had both knees blow out is because it's a long story, but she, she has hip dysplasia. It's the consequence of being a backyard bred dog. I didn't purchase her from a breeder, full disclosure. I don't support irresponsible breeders. I got her from a rescue that rescues dogs, um, stray dogs in Saskatchewan, because uh, there's a massive stray dog overpopulation problem to the point where they are a public nuisance and farmers are allowed to shoot them on site because they're attacking chickens and whatnot um, and are just a majorly overpopulated problem so the rescue I got her from rescues them from there and then brings them to Calgary and Vancouver so that's where I got her from so she's not coming from like superb bloodlines and she's not the best conformed dog so I knew she had hip dysplasia I had some concerns about the fact that she predominantly only wanted to canter on one lead and I brought that up to one of my vets and the first vet I brought her to kind of brushed it off and said it was a non-issue. We had her hips x-rayed um, and he noticed some remodeling in her knee joints, which I was concerned about, and the hip dysplasia, of course. But he downplayed how severe the hip dysplasia was um, and also kind of shrugged off what was going on in the knee joints and just said to keep exercising her and keep an eye on it. Um, but I was still concerned, so I brought her into a different vet and then we started her on Cartrophen. Um, to help with painkillers. And there's one other thing we tried before that, but then we didn't really see a difference. Um, and unfortunately, while we were trying to do the cartrophin and the rehab, she blew out a knee while she was on a walk with my mom. She was just walking and sniffing a pile of leaves, and then she turned and yelped and then was non-weight-bearing, three-legged lame. And unfortunately, the knee that went first was actually her stronger of the two knees, the one that she was predominantly cantering on which is why I think it went first, because she was weight-bearing most of the weight on it to take the weight off of the left leg. So, of course, then when she had to put all the weight on the left leg, which was the weaker of the two knees, two days later, that one went as well. And it was horrible because she could barely stand. She's in so much pain. We had her on Medicam. And I got her into surgery as quickly as possible because it was just, it was awful. Like, it was so awful. She needed to walk with, like, a waist sling to pretty much go anywhere. Um... And now that she's had the surgery, she's weight-bearing quite nicely. She's walking much better even on the left leg, and all in all, it is way brighter and more chipper, so that's really great. Um, and I'm glad that we did the surgery because it's definitely helped her level of comfort. And I can't wait for her to get her stitches out because then she'll be able to start hydrotherapy and other types of rehab to kind of continue getting fitter and getting the weight off. Um, that's the other issue. She is overweight. She's a very easy keeper, and she's also very sneaky. So sometimes she'll go sneaking off and steal... Um, my mom's dog's food and he's way too passive and he lets her steal it so if we don't remember to close his bedroom door uh, she'll go in there and sneak some food and 
She's also good at pretending she hasn't been fed and sometimes getting double fed. But beyond that, um, the bigger problem was like her food quantities not being changed enough as her work started to be less because I couldn't take her out to do as much with her even when we were rehabbing before these injuries. So anyway, she's on a massive weight loss diet and she's lost like probably four or five pounds at this point, which is great. And I'm going to try to keep getting her weight down and even have her like a little bit under condition while she's rehabbing the knees because the less weight on them, the better. But anyways, that's what's going on with Phoebe. She's in a way better mood now. She's doing a lot better and I'm really happy I did the surgery. But it definitely is a big financial stressor. Um, and the timing of it honestly just really sucked. It was just like one thing after another. Like this really hasn't been my my autumn. And I'm going to talk a little bit about more of the other stuff. Because it's not just financial stuff. Like money comes and goes. That's like it is what it is. We'll make it through this um, and figure it out. And then hopefully I can continue to try to like get ahead and strive towards doing the stuff that I really want to do with my life because my end goal is just being able to save enough to get a farm and really do the stuff with my horses the way I want and have more control over my situation and I've talked about that a lot and I don't think people necessarily understand why it's so important to me like having that control because I've lacked control for so much of my life and I've had things taken away from me um for example like my uncle embezzled all of our college funds when I was young and made my family's financial situation really dire and difficult and we went bankrupt and you can hear more about it in the book that I wrote called The Other Side of Horsemanship where I go into more detail on the traumas that I've undergone but there was a lot of stuff that was out of my control and kind of left me reeling as a youngster and not having stuff in my control so like the reason why I want to farm so badly is because I just want like a sanctuary that is like mine that I can do behavior mod on and rehab horses and set it up the way that I want to and have the money that I put into setting it up actually be going into a property that's mine instead of doing a ton of maintenance on a property that I rent and with horses the type of maintenance that you need to do to really have a good setup is generally like permanent structures permanent fencing footing etc so it's thousands and thousands of dollars that you're putting into a rental property and there's stuff that I'm willing to do because it's for the betterment of my horses, but then there's also the happy medium between trying to give them the life they deserve and have a nice setup for them and also not spend so much money on someone else's property when I could be saving it to try to put towards my eventual property, and that's kind of the happy medium that I've been trying to deal with. So there's a lot of concessions that I have to make in terms of their care and their setup that I would prefer to not have to make in the long run, and that's why... I really want to get my own place because then it can't be taken away from me. It's mine. I can update it and put a lot of love and time into it and really set up things the way that I want. So that's my end goal. And that's been my goal since I was quite young. Like I know it's kind of unusual for like a kid to be having their long-term goal to be like a homeowner, um, but that's what it's been. And I've essentially grown up watching things just become more unattainable, even as I start to build a career and be doing all the things that I was told I could do to build a career and be able to have a good living. I've done all those things and then everything just becomes more and more unattainable financially and I think that a lot of people in the same generation as me or around it who are growing up today and seeing how the cost of living is absolutely skyrocketing and how much more expensive everything's getting and how all of these good jobs that we were told if we got aren't providing for us in the way that we were led to believe that they were and it's really disheartening. Um, so that's kind of a long-winded way of like saying like yeah my future goals and why I'm so like obsessed with that idea of like having my own place because a lot of it is just having the consistency and control and not having to rely 
on a landlord or someone else. And also if I'm a homeowner and I have my own little sanctuary in place, I can also offer places for more people to go and like do more work and hopefully be able to provide um, jobs for more people and just kind of have like a commune with all the people that I care about and um, make everybody's lives better ideally that's that's the dream um, but anyways let's go into why my fall has sucked so obviously like I went to France for the welfare conference in September and that was lovely I really enjoyed that it was a super opportunity um, it was really in my element I enjoyed all the people that I met there and that was fantastic um, if you listen to like one of my previous podcasts after like I broke up with one of my exes like back in like May I was joking about how I was driving around in a clown car and like how many things I put up with and all the red flags that I ignored and how I should put on my clown shoes my clown wig and just go over to my clown car um, and anyways I'm feeling that way again um, I feel like I got love bombed and for those of you who follow my content you're gonna know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't want you to go harass the person. I don't think that they're like a terrible irredeemable person but I do feel like I was led on and that like my kindness and my the general like love and affection that I have for people that I really like I feel like that was taken for advantage um, and was exploited a little bit and I was strung along and led to believe that they felt a way about me that they didn't in practice. Um, but anyways, long story short, after a series of events, I just happened upon the fact, like when they opened their phone, that they had Hinge downloaded on their phone. Um, and for those of you who are like me, personally, being in a committed, exclusive relationship to me means that you're not perusing dating apps during that, but apparently to others it does not. Um, <laughs> so that's what happened. Um, and it was really hurtful because it's honestly, honestly worse when you don't expect it from someone. Like with the previous relationship that I talked about where there's a lot of emotional abuse and just like mistreatment, I came to expect it. So while it was hurtful, it wasn't as hurtful, if that makes sense. I know that sounds so fucked up, but like it's true. Like when you implicitly trust someone and you think that they're just like a truly, really honest person who you really see and you know and... You come to think that you can expect a certain level of consistency from their behavior and then that doesn't actually happen and it blindsides you. It sucks way more than someone who's let you down repeatedly continuing to let you down because you don't expect it in the same way and it blindsides you and I feel like that's what happened to me um, and while it was a way shorter relationship, it was one that I really thought was going to be fantastic and now I just ended up feeling really stupid. Like I felt really dumb for falling for um, the person to the extent that I did and for being as excited about it as I was because now looking back I realized that I was love bombed and that there were red flags in terms of how quickly the relationship moved forward and um, those mistakes were made on my part but I also look at it from the standpoint of like it speaks for my capacity to love um, and the good that I see in people. So I don't regret that because I don't really have any issues with my conduct in the relationship because I meant what I said, I, I did what I said, and my actions and words supported each other. So I don't really have any qualms with how I was, um, and I'm proud of myself for that, and I'm proud of myself for setting more boundaries than what I would have been able to in the past, um, and 
I'm thankful for the fact that like I've clearly grown from relationship to relationship but now I'm in a in a in a situation where I really don't trust my own judgment at all anymore because I was so sure that I had this person pegged correctly and that they were authentic and honest and that we had a lot of the same value systems and that like they weren't going to be deceptive in any way and then when that was shown to be wrong um it really kind of messed with my head like I'm still kind of reeling from it even though it's been like a month and a half now um just from the standpoint of like it like I didn't see it coming like at all um until it happened and that kind of messed with me more than continuing to be in a situation where I knew that someone was doing things that weren't fair and just continuing to foolishly believe that they were going to change when they showed me no signs of doing that because that's what I've done in previous relationships but this time around I was like wow like I didn't see this coming at all um and not being able to trust your own judgment of something is kind of a scary place to be because now I'm in a situation where going forward I'm going to be really confused about like when I think that someone seems great and that I really like them I'm going to be kind of concerned because like I'm going to view feeling good about someone and seeing a potential future with them as like a red flag now because I didn't read the situation well um and I put too much trust into someone but with that said like what this has taught me is that um not everyone is honest as I choose to be like I choose to be pretty blunt and straightforward with my intentions and I won't say things that I don't mean and I don't lie to people um unless it's like a lie where I'm trying to protect someone or there's some reason where I need to be lying because it's not my information to disclose or it's just information that I can't release yet if it's like a brand thing or something to do with like the welfare movement or whatever but like I don't deceive people that's not what I do even when it's uncomfortable to say that say what's true or say the right thing more and more as I've gotten older I choose to do that and that's like a part of my ethics and morals that I really take seriously and that I really value um and I'm realizing now as I get older that that's something that's pretty unusual and that a lot of people even if they think that they do that and even if they want to do that they can't always uphold it in practice and so what I would caution any young person like me who wears their heart on their sleeve and is very honest and just like sees the best in people and is a highly sensitive, highly empathetic person is to just be careful because oftentimes we attract people who want to be like that but aren't quite there yet. And they can make you think that they're all the way there and that you're definitively on the same page when that's not really the case. And I don't even think that it's done to be intentionally deceptive. Like I think that they want to believe it and they're showing you who they would like to be and who they might think that they are but then they can't continue upholding that um and like the grounds that I stand on like with honestly anyone I've dated no matter how much grief that they have given me like I firmly believe that like anyone can change and become a better person so this is not at all to like vilify people um I don't want anyone to feel like they need to fight for my honor or say anything or like any of that stuff I don't want any animosity but it's just me sharing my perspective because I know that a lot of people go through similar things and I feel like if I'm honest with my situation and I share all this stuff with you that it could end up helping other people and maybe help them realize if they're in a similar situation before they get as far into it as I did um because I have a lot of regrets with like um how yeah how things went um 
but I don't want to like try to paint it as like oh people are unequivocally bad and when they do you wrong like they're just completely irredeemable awful people like I think that there's a difference between setting a boundary and saying I don't want this person in my inner circle anymore or I don't want this person in my life anymore and completely writing them off as a person forever like I wish them well I hope that they work on themselves and do right by themselves and do right by the next people that they date and I hope that they improve themselves and they don't hurt people like I was hurt and I wish for that to happen because I think in the long run that's how everyone will be happier whether or not that happens is up to them not to me um, and I'm not going to stick around to see what happens so anyways for people who follow my content that is why I have stopped posting about this person um, and other than that I would appreciate people respecting my privacy in that if you see people asking about this on posts you can tell them to go see my podcast or I might just end up deleting comments um, because I just don't really feel like talking about it, it kind of sucks and it was a lot of things that have just happened all at once condensed into a few months and it's just very stressful it's a very stressful time of year I usually get seasonal depression anyways when the days get shorter and the weather gets really bad because it's really exhausting to just continue showing up for life and take especially when you're taking care of farm animals anyone who has to take care of their horses through the winter in bad weather knows what I'm getting at it's just depressing I don't like this time of month I kind of count down the days until the winter solstice so that at least every single day after that I know is going to get a little bit brighter literally um so it's it's bad timing for everything so at least if I get slammed with a bunch of unfortunate things in the summer I'm like okay the weather's good I can go outside and still have it be light out till 9 p.m. This is great. Um, but in the winter, it's kind of harder when it's dark at like 4.30. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of things at once. And I know this is all first world problems because there's a lot of people out there that are experiencing way, way worse, um, which is kind of the next thing that I'm going to touch on. I waited a several weeks to speak on the whole um, active war that is going on thing because to be frank like I was very uneducated on this topic I hadn't really heard much about what was actually going on in the conflict in the Middle East and what's been going on for the last several decades and the occupation and da 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 um, for those of you who are wondering I'm referencing Israel and Palestine I didn't know very much about it and I didn't want to start speaking out on something that I wasn't educated on. So for a few weeks, I was following citizen journalists, different news stations, um, different types of influential people who I trusted, who were both uh, Jewish people or Palestinians, um, different types of news stations, and also just looking back on the history on this so that I could get a better understanding and really have like um, a grounded perspective on how I feel about it because I wasn't sure. I hadn't, like, and, and again, this is, my fault for not educating myself on this earlier because I should have been more aware of this. Um, but I didn't know and I didn't want to get involved in something that I could see was very controversial and emotionally charged on either side without knowing where I wanted to stand. And then what I want to say is that regardless of anything, I am anti-war. I don't believe war is how you achieve peace anywhere. I think it's really stupid how much money globally we're spending on weapons and fighting each other and killing people and engaging in war when the planet is dying um, we're going through a climate crisis and if all that money was funneled into universal health resources for people and, and saving the planet i think everyone would benefit from it and there would be less reason to fight because we would be addressing the problems that are leading to people being so um unease like at, at such unease and like angry and 
violent and whatnot. Um, so that's kind of where I stand as I'm super anti-war. But with that said, having looked at the conflict, I think that we do all need to start using our voices to talk to our governments and really stress the fact that we don't support war because um, I've literally watched more videos of people being murdered and bombed in the last few weeks than I have ever seen in my entire lifetime several times over. Um, and on either side, I don't think any civilian deserves to be targeted anywhere. I think that the way that I kind of look at any type of world conflict is if I live somewhere, even if my government's doing shady stuff that I do not agree with, me having been born into that country and having made a home there doesn't mean that I support what my government is doing. It doesn't mean what I that I support whoever is in a leadership position, what they are doing. But if I was made to pay for the decisions of my government, that wouldn't be fair. So that's kind of the perspective that I'm viewing this from. And it's been really devastating to watch what is happening to Palestinians and how they're being put in a position where they either need to leave their homes forever or die. Um, leave their homes forever where they've grown up and where their friends are, where their family are. And honestly, sometimes it's die either way. Even if they try to leave, they're still being bombed. And that's a really horrible position to be put in that no one deserves to be put in. Um, and what I want to clarify, because already from some of the stuff I've shared, I've had people reach out to me and... Um, tell me that I'm anti-Semitic uh, for saying that I'm for a ceasefire. Um, I don't think what happened on October 7th is justified. I, like I said, I don't agree with any civilians, children, women, parents, anyone. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if they're a single person just living in an apartment who never wants to have kids, I don't care. I don't think any innocent person deserves to be targeted and killed. I think that war and death are horrible, horrible things, regardless of who it's directed at. Um, but with that said, I don't, from what I've seen by looking at research over the course of years and also just witnessing what's been happening these last several weeks, or now it's like 35 days and counting, the reaction that I have seen on behalf of Israel is not self-defense. It is not self-defense to indiscriminately bomb families um, and innocent people and not care that you're hitting civilians. It's not self-defense to target hospitals, journalists, um, and areas of refuge. And even following like peace organizations, what I'm learning is that there's been a number of war crimes that are, have been committed. Um, and again, people can call me a conspiracy theorist or say what they will about this, but I think that a large part of this is driven by money and resources. I think that the reason why the U.S. wants this war to keep happening is because they are sending a lot of weapons and a lot of their income and a lot of their money is coming from generating weapons and promoting war. Sorry if you're American. That's what I think. Um, so I think that there's a reason why they're not even considering the idea of a ceasefire because it's beneficial to them. I also think that most of the wars that we have seen in this world are either religious-based or based on resources or both. And in this case, too, what I've noticed and what I've found out from looking online is that there is a lot of gas in um, Gaza, they're, like fuel resources, and there's already been some information that has been leaked pertaining to those resources starting to be parted out to certain entities, uh, major powerful countries in the world. Um, and if it was really just about self-defense, there wouldn't be this clamoring for resources and securing resources or saying that certain areas of Gaza have been conquered. Um, 
So in short, what I am saying is that I'm appalled by what we are witnessing unfold on social media, and I'm appalled by the fact that people have to document their day-to-day struggle and their families dying and their kids dying and document themselves living the worst days of their life um, in order to be heard by the rest of the world and in in order to try to compel people to care. It's appalling. Um, This shouldn't be happening in this day and age, and it's also frightening to look at and go, if social media wasn't a thing, no one would really know about this. It could have been, it could be painted completely differently and we could be led to believe that a completely different story is unfolding. So I'm grateful for social media from the standpoint of that it allows people to have more of a voice that might eventually lead them to getting more help. But we'll see, like that leaves to be seen. I'm also appalled by the fact that huge portions of civilians in both the U.S. and Canada are wanting a ceasefire, like the majority of civilians. Um, And the government isn't listening to us. So for me, watching all this stuff that has been going on, um, in addition to my much less important personal struggles, I am afraid of where we are headed as a world because it's such a bad precedent to send um, to our governments that we're just going to allow them to essentially steamroll what we want as citizens and what um, the the majority of people would like to see happen and just decide not to do it because we're supposed to live in democratic nations and they're not listening to us. What I do like to see is how many people worldwide are coming together to protest over these things and push back. So my only hope for what's been going on in the level of unrest that we're seeing is that it might lead to revolution that will result in ethics being um, employed by our governments because they're not listening to people right now. And it's very scary to see how these democratic nations kind of pick and choose when they want to listen to their, um, the, the people that they claim to be supporting. Like all of our elected officials should be speaking for us and they're not, they're not listening to what people want. Um, all of that aside, I don't think that anyone should be murdered or targeted anywhere. I think that anyone being like being like the essentially getting hit by shrapnel of their government's unrest with other nations it's it's not fair like we should all be able to live in peace and i think with how the human species has developed over the last many many centuries we should be at a point where we can handle conflict without killing people um with that said a lot of resistance um groups They try to protest peacefully and try to make change peacefully for a number of years until they can't anymore. Um, And then they respond with violence. Like there's a famous quote from Nelson Mandela that says, like, try to attain. I'm paraphrasing. This isn't actually what he said. It was much more eloquent. But try to maintain change peacefully. But when there's no other options, we will choose violence. Um, Because if you're trying to change the perspective of an entity that has no conscience. You can't really appeal to them with morals and conscience. Um, So it's a very complicated issue from that standpoint. And I guess this is a long-winded way of saying that people shouldn't really be surprised of where my support lies on this topic based off of what everyone has heard me saying and doing um, with like the Black Lives Matter protests and uh, Indigenous people's rights and 
all of that stuff like I don't really think it should be surprising where I stand but it seems that some people are surprised about where I stand um, and I also wanted to clarify why it took me longer to articulate how I felt on this because I was so far removed from this issue that I didn't really know how I felt about it um, and it was such a charged issue that I didn't want to make the mistake of saying the wrong thing um, and coming from a place where I wasn't feeling like I understood it at all so I waited but now that I have looked further into it I think that I do have a duty as a person with a platform to speak out on it and to share these things and I know that it sucks to see really sad video footage and disturbing video footage and that it's uncomfortable and that seeing, pe seeing people suffer is uncomfortable but just consider the amount of discomfort the people who are acti actively suffering are in um we get to watch these things through a screen from the comfort of our houses from relative safety and that is a privilege that many people do not have and so i think that we have a duty from our areas of comfort and our safety to try to speak out on behalf of people who do not have that and try to reach out and make change for them because they are trying to talk to us in order to get that change like they're speaking in English, which is not their first language, specifically to reach the Western countries that have so much power to try to get help. And that's really the only reason they're speaking in English and sharing all these things. And so I encourage people to consider the fact that like a lot of governments have motive to not honestly portray what they're doing, especially when they're actively supporting something. They're going to want to make the side that they're supporting look as good as possible and completely... Um, I guess guilt-free uh, because it justifies their position and I think any situation in which we're justifying the murder of 10,000 people and counting and bombing hospitals with like injured people babies and medical staff in them like there at some point we need to look and go like how is this justifiable what justifies it like I like I'm sorry from my perspective like if someone killed my whole family because they thought like a bad guy was living in my house I would still hate the entity that did that because I'd be like why are you martyring my family just to get one person or a few people like why are we being made to pay pay the price for an entity that's unrelated to us that has caused problems um and I also think that from a radicalization perspective people should really consider the fact that what reason do people have to not become ra radicalized when we're murdering their families indiscriminately and they're growing up as kids without parents after having seen another country's military kill people that they love? Like, that's literally setting people up to become radicalized and to have extreme hatred towards the nation that took everything away from them. And I think that's the perspective that we need to start looking at this from. Fighting wrongdoing like fighting death with more death is never the way to go ever the last thing i'm going to say is that there's also ongoing issues in the congo uh, related to cobalt reserves that big powerful western nations are actively supporting because they benefit it benefit from it financially and millions of people have been displaced and murdered there as well and it's been very silent and kind of swept under the rug by major media outlets but it's ongoing and even though we're not directly involved like living in those countries we can use our voices to try to make a difference and really advocate for peace and not wanting to take advantage of people like that like it shouldn't be a situation where we only care enough to speak out when 
the wrongdoing is being done to white people. And to be frank, that's kind of what I'm seeing a lot from major Western media sources and also like big name people like celebrities and stuff. It's been very telling to me to see the percentage of people of color in terms of celebrities and governmental officials that have been speaking out versus the percentage of white people that are speaking out. Um, A lot of governmental officials that are risking their jobs to speak out, if most of them are people of color. Um, And same with a lot of the celebrities that we see speaking out. And I think that's a problem from the standpoint of like, you shouldn't have to be from a minority group to care about people being persecuted. And it is true that white people have privilege simply from the color of their skin because of how racial biases work. So those voices do hold weight as well. So I guess this is a long-winded way of saying what I would encourage anyone to do is just try to amplify the voices of people who are trying to cover these stories and really pressure your governments and make it clear that so many of us don't support war as a solution for this. And also murder of thousands of people aside like our planet is dying and we're spending billions of dollars to fire off rockets and stuff that's further polluting the world and it doesn't matter who has what land or who conquers what land or who has secured what resources if the planet we live on fucking dies it doesn't fucking matter it is so stupid and short-sighted and the older i've gotten and the more i've grown as a person the more disheartened i am with the people in power like i have very little trust and faith in any government I think all governments are corrupt. I think the wrong type of people are attracted to politics, generally speaking, and the ones who do have the good intentions and who do want to make a positive difference and who are there for the people oftentimes don't get voted into positions of power because there's so many powerful entities that try to prevent it from happening. Um, And as it stands, like, I just, I just simply don't care about protecting billion dollar corporations or people high up in the government that are trying to justify doing completely unethical things that if they were directed at them and their families, they definitively wouldn't stand for. And I'm tired of it. And it's just been something that I witness more and more as I learn and become a jaded adult. (laughs) And I'm really tired of it. Um... So in terms of recommendations for who you can check out, um, if you want to get news on this, because I'm definitely not the person to go to for news because there's people who have um, better voices that will that that'll be better advocates for it and be able to give you um, better understanding of what's going on. So I'm going to tell some of the resources that I'm following um, on social media. There's a bunch of really brave war journalists that are covering all of this. Um, and I'm going to link them actually in, um, the description of this podcast so that you can see them. Um, another like charity organization that you can check out is Jewish Voice for Peace and If Not Now organization. Um, and then there are Solutions Not Sides, um, and, yeah, I'm going to link the rest of them. Let's Talk Palestine is a good one. Um, and then there's a bunch of standalone citizen journalists that are like independent from any major news organization that are sharing what's going on as well. Um, and they're largely who I've been following. Also, there's an organization called Breaking the Silence that you can check out. Um, 
And yeah, I'm going to link a bunch of these accounts in the podcast description so you can check them out if you want to. Full disclosure, content warning, a lot of the content is really troubling and devastating to see. It's not enjoyable to look at. It's really, really sad. It's people living the worst days of their lives um, and it's going to be uncomfortable to watch. So full disclosure, um, especially if you're in a very negative headspace, it's going to be very difficult to see. Um, but with that said, like we need to amplify voices so that our governments can't continue ignoring us because the way I try to look at these things is like if I was in the same position as the people being martyred and targeted, like would I want people to hear me? Would I want people to come and help me and my family? Absolutely yes. Yes. And if that's the case, if I would want that, if I was in their shoes and I'm not willing to do that for them, then if that ever happens to me, I don't deserve outside help. Full stop. And that's kind of the way that I operate on these things. Um and this is going to sound really cliche, but two wrongs don't make a right. I'm not going to go into detail on if I even think there are two wrongs because forcibly occupying another nation is a pretty big wrong. Um, but two wrongs don't make a right. Attacking one nation doesn't make completely obliterating another okay. Um, even without the deaths, the loss of home, the loss of their belongings and all that stuff is really devastating on its own and then the mass amount of deaths and the fact that they have to walk by bodies on the street and they can't bury their dead because they're being chased out of their own homeland awful absolutely disgusting so there's a lot of bad things going on in the world right now and I know that this is depressing and that a lot of people aren't going to want to listen to this and it's going to probably make some people mad but as angry as any word I say on this podcast can make you, your anger is a fucking blessing compared to what other people on this planet are having to go to. So check your privilege and consider the fact that even being angry about being inconvenienced about listening to the podcast of some loudmouthed Canadian woman, that's a privilege because you have the capacity to be angry about something so trivial because your life is not in danger. So good for you. Um, and if you no longer like or support my content because I said this, thank you. I like to surround myself with crowds of like-minded thinkers who have the same set of morals as me, ideally. Um, and if you think that it is justifiable to justify the murder of a bunch of innocent people in the name of retaliation, then we are not on the same page. Um, I don't support war. I think war is the biggest waste of resources, energy. It's the biggest waste of the health of our planet. It's the biggest waste of human life. Regardless of whether or not people willingly enter the war, I don't care. It's a waste of people's lives. And we shouldn't be even entertaining this as an idea of handling conflict anymore. Like, we need to do better. We're such an intelligent species, and we have so much research showing how damaging war is and how the damage of it trickles down from generation to generation even after the war has stopped um and violence doesn't bring peace violence just creates more violence and it's going to create more anger that's going to create more conflict later on down the road so hopefully our younger generations that are now coming of voting age and are now becoming aware of the horrors of the world will step up and we can start to push for the change that needs to happen to actually make the world a better place because we 
have seen now that our governments have billions of dollars to put towards war, but then they're telling us that they can't afford to waive student loans or house the homeless or feed the poor or lower grocery prices or do any number of things that would help people directly in their country. They've told us that they can't do that, but then they go and they spend billions of dollars to kill other people across the world. So I think that's the most telling thing that we can honestly have about how little the people in charge care about the everyday person. Um, this might sound really bitter, but this is kind of my current view on government and billionaires and just the powers of the world in general. The average person who is not rich like them and who is not involved in their inner circle, they couldn't give less of a fuck about us. The vast majority of them, they couldn't care. They would martyr you in a second if it would make them more money. They do not care. They don't view us as real lives and that is shown in their actions and how they choose to handle things and how flippantly they are willing to sacrifice the lives of other people and it's time that we stop standing for this so anyways sorry for such a depressing discussion um but i needed to get that off my chest and i needed to give more context for why i've waited to speak out on this um but my silence is not going to be silent anymore because I've seen too much now and I can't stay silent anymore and now that I know where I stand on this I can articulate that much more clearly so anyways thank you for listening um sorry if this isn't the podcast that you wanted I'm gonna go back to doing more horse content as well but just as a heads up I am gonna be sharing stuff about this because I think it's important and I would like to see world peace happen and it's not going to happen if we're just apathetic towards what our governments are doing so anyways um use your voice advocate to your government um exercise your right to vote even though we don't actually live in true democracies because they don't do what the people want um but you might as well do all that you can um in the little inkling of power and autonomy that they like to pretend we have sorry that's really bitter but you know what i'm getting at um, anyways, so I'm sorry for the depressing topic. Uh, I'm going to be doing another horse podcast to kind of uh, do like a palate cleanser. Um, but yeah, I just needed to get all that off my chest. And uh, if you listen to this whole thing, thank you. Um, to anyone who's been impacted by what's going on and any of these wars, and if you've lost family or friends, or if you yourself are endangered or just freaking tired. I'm so sorry and my thoughts go out to you. I don't think anyone on either side deserves to be targeted and hurt. I don't think any innocent people deserve to lose friends and family members. I don't think anyone deserves to be chased out of their own home and I just wish peace for everyone involved um, and for people to not be hurt and that might be really idealistic but I think that we need to move the world towards a direction where wanting people to be happy and at peace and have their basic needs and not be in danger is realistic because the fact that it's viewed as unrealistic is depressing as hell with the amount of wealth and hoarding of wealth that there currently is in this world so anyways thank you for coming to my podcast thank you for supporting my work and thank you for being patient enough with me to give me the time to really reflect on this situation to educate myself and consider how I feel about it um, and put out a statement like this. So I appreciate everyone who listened to this and um, who listened to my trivial complaining about my life at the beginning. So anyways, 
Thank you all for your support. I'm going to put all those links down below in the description of this podcast. So if you're interested in any of those resources that I mentioned or following any of those accounts to check out where I've been getting my sources and what I've been looking at or like places to donate and whatnot, I'll leave that all down below. So thank you everyone. Have a good day.